Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Now is the time to live the life of your dreams and do the work you feel most called to do in the world. Welcome to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. Oh my gosh, my friends. You know, there's so much gold in the opening jingle to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. One of the things that I'm kind of proud of is is the list of names of people who have called in and said, hey, Cliff, I really appreciate the work that you do through the content that you create. And these folks have said, you know, hey, feel free to use me as a testimonial. Feel free to use my voice, my name, anytime, anywhere. It will help you take your message further, faster. You have my permission. And so if you go back and listen to that opening jingle, you'll hear some pretty impressive names. At least if you're at least, if you walk around in some of my circles, you would you would hear some names and maybe even some familiar voices in there. Today, I want to talk to you about how I have established those relationships. How do you build strong relationships with other business professionals within your industry, within your niche, so that you can collaborate with them? In fact, this entire episode is inspired by a question from Danielle Weeb. She is a member of the AM group of the Next Level Mastermind. She has an entire business and brand called Business Babes Collective. You can check her out. Just do Danielle Weeb. Uh, last name is spelled W-I-E-B-E. Just Google her. You'll find all kinds of amazing stuff that she does. She's a powerful inspiration, source of encouragement for women entrepreneurs. And I know there's a lot of you women entrepreneurs who are following the content that I'm putting out into the world. And I would encourage you to check out Danielle Weeb. Just go look her up. Danielle, W-I-E-B-E on Google. You will find Danielle. All right, here's Danielle's question that she submitted to Voxer for me. Hi, Cliff. A question that I would have for you that you could consider to use for creating content would be, how do you build strong relationships with other business professional people that you might want to uh, collaborate with or work with in the future? So, for example, um, you know, the relationships that you've built with all of these um, people that you would maybe invite into doing a webinar with you to kind of help to help your mastermind members, all that kind of stuff. So the people that you would collaborate with, how are you building those strong relationships? Um, and what has been kind of the time frame on how long those relationships have been building for? Because I think that's an interesting topic that I would love to know about. And also, it's a question that I get asked as well from my community. So I'd love to hear kind of a different perspective on it and how you um, build relationships with uh, people you collaborate with. So hopefully that all made sense. And yeah, I'm excited for this new content. Danielle, thank you so much for submitting this question. I loved it so much that I have spent the past 
hour and a half outlining this particular episode because I needed to do a bit of research about the things that I've done to establish or at least to be able to build the the relationships or attract the relationships that I've been able to attract with some of the most powerful people in my industry. People literally that I used to dream of connecting with are now my close personal friends. All right, so how do you, I'll get to the question about how long it takes at the end of the episode. I'm going to just answer the question on, and, and I love that, I don't know if it was an intention apart, but how do you build strong relationships? And that's what I'm going to answer is from my experience, how do I feel that I went about building the relationships with the most powerful people in my industry or niche? Whether that be in the podcasting industry, the Christian online uh, business owner community, whatever the personal help and development community, wherever it is that I've I've decided I wanted to to get to know some people in this industry. How have I been able to establish relationships? I'll give you an example. In the Christian thought leadership industry, I had read this book called So You Don't Want to Go to Church Anymore. And all of a sudden, I, I'm like, man, I, I would love to uh, interview this guy, and and his name is Wayne Jacobson. And next thing you know, a couple months later, when he's driving through town, he stops in and spends the afternoon in my living room just hanging out with me. How does stuff like this happen? All right? So, I'm going to answer the question first, and then I'm going to describe to you what that looks like for me. So, here is how I have done it. This seems to be the answer, because I, I ask myself, how do I have these friendships? And this is what I've come up to come up with. Here's the, here's the one sentence answer to the question. Be remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, and astounding in the way you show up in the world. That's it. Now, I'm going to say that one more time. Be remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, and astounding in the way you powerfully show up in the world. Now, if you want to, (laughs) I could end the episode here and tell you that that is the answer to the question, all right? But if you want to hear more detail on what I mean by those words, what that's looked like in my own journey, then this could be a little bit of a lengthy episode. I just want to warn you ahead of time, but if you want to just save your time, you could just walk away today and say, hey, okay, I'm going to just go out into the world and be remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, and astounding in the way that I powerfully show up in the world and trust that relationships will form out of it. And I promise you, if you actually do those things in the way that I intend them, it will work for you. I do believe that. I don't think it can't not work for you if that actually all made sense with the double negatives or whatever. All right. So first and foremost, one of the things that I did is I let me go in here and find the definition of each of these words. And they kind of play, they're all synonyms of one another, but remarkable. What does the word remarkable mean? Number one in the dictionary, worthy of attention. Not By the way, not that it gets people's attention. The question is one of quality. Is is what you're doing in the world worthy of attention? Is it striking 
is another definition for the word remarkable. Extraordinary, it's very unusual. Is what you're doing very unusual? Does it go against the norm? Does it buck against the system of what most people teach or say? Is it unusual? Are you extraordinary? All right? Exceptional. What does that one mean? Unusual? Not not very typical. All right? Those are the first two definitions. Unusual? Not typical. You want to stand out, right? Amazing. What's the definition there? I love this. Causing great surprise or wonder. Check that out. I mean, is what you're doing and the way that you show up, when somebody consumes a piece of your content, when somebody reads one of your email newsletters, when they read one of your blog posts, does it create great surprise and wonder? It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he gave that much value for free. I can't believe he said those words. I can't believe he shared that transparently. These are things causing great surprise, creating wonder in the the consumer's mind when it comes to the way that I'm showing up in the world with the content I'm putting out there. And and if not only that, but uh, amazing also has the the definition astonishing or astounding. And then of course I had to go and look up the word astounding, and it says surprisingly impressive and notable. <laughs> All right. So is the is is the way that you're showing up? Are you being remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, and astounding? If you're doing those things, this all just happens naturally. You don't have to go make things happen. You don't have to have some sort of strategy on how to how to get inside somebody's inner circle. You do this powerfully enough, fully embracing who you were created to be in all the craziness that is you, and go out and do it to the be you to the extreme. See, the thing is, is you are like no one else in this world, and I am like no one else in this world. You know, I, I, what really tripped me up is, well, why would anybody pay attention to me when they could listen to Tony Robbins? Why would anybody pay attention to me when they can go find old Jim Rohn material? Why would anybody pay attention to me if they could just pick up Napoleon Hill's writings and books? It's because there's a lot of things that Napoleon Hill, Tony Robbins, and Jim Rohn can't ever do, and it's be me. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to summarize this in what has been my number one marketing strategy. Now, when I say marketing strategy, I'm talking about not just how have I marketed myself so that I seem to be appealing to somebody in a relationship with powerful peers, but also how do I market my products and services, It's all the same thing. (laughs) Be remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, astounding in the way that you powerfully show up in the world. And and I summarize it in a a, a one-step marketing strategy. And it doesn't have to cost you any money with Facebook ads. Here it is. Do something and be someone worth talking about. That's how I summarize this. Do something and be someone worth talking about. Word of mouth marketing. It's it's a fancy way of saying word of mouth marketing. All right. I have wanted to, I want to share with you 
a few of the things that I've done over the year that's allowed me to create amazing relationships with people like Dan Miller, Michael Hyatt, Pat Flynn, Ray Edwards, Michael Stelzner, some of the most powerful people in my industry, in my niche, and some other stories. I'm going to share some of those relationships with you. But before I do, I'm going to do something that may be confused by some as being very egotistical, very, you know, just uh, what, what is the word that I shared at the end of here? Uh, let's see here. Very, it may be confused as being arrogant, and I don't care about any of that stuff. So here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you a few of the things, and the list is long that I'm going to share with you, and it doesn't even scratch the surface of the things that I have done that have been remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, and astounding in the way that I have powerfully showed up in this world. So first thing on my list, I followed my curiosity into the world of podcasting in 2005. By the way, I've done many astounding, amazing things before this, but this is the first one that came to my mind to share in this list. Now, podcasting 2005 was the first year that it was really in existence, okay? Very few people in the world knew what a podcast was, nor how to consume them. It wasn't easy and all this stuff, but I absolutely loved podcasting as soon as I discovered it. Now, today, as of January uh, 28th, 2020, when I'm recording this originally, and I know those of you listening into the Cliff Ravenscraft show, I think you're probably getting this right around the end of February. (laughs) Anyway, I wanted to tell you that today there are over 700,000 active podcasts. 700,000 active podcasts. That means podcasts that are producing content at least once a month and if not more frequently. Now, there are hundreds of thousands of podcasts that have been created and are no longer producing content actively today. I don't call them, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those guys who thinks they should be removed because I have a virtual assistant podcast today that still acquires or attains about 100 to 300 new subscribers every single month, and it's never had a single podcast produced since the 38 episodes I did back in, I think, 2012. And, and that still generates a lot of attention for me the, still to this day. So, but let's just say today there's over 700,000 active podcasts in existence created by approximately maybe around almost as many podcasters. Well, guess what? One of the things that's kind of astounding about me and my story is that I just followed this thing. I didn't care. I didn't wait to see if there was a long-term future in podcasting. I didn't wait to see if this thing would ever go mainstream. I didn't wait it out until I had, I didn't wait to start publishing things until I had all of my audio stuff figured out. I just had a message of hope and encouragement that I desperately wanted to share with the world and nothing was ever going to stop me from doing it. And as a result of that, I am and will always be one of the first hundred or so podcasters ever in existence. That's pretty remarkable, all right? And then let me just share with you my first year in podcasting. It's unlike many other, there are very few people who would actually be able to say their first year in podcasting was like this. Number one, I launched a total of five podcasts 
within my first 12 months. Now, I'm not talking about five podcast episodes. I'm talking about 129 podcast episodes in my first 12 months in five different shows. In fact, podcast number one that I launched, Weekly Loss Podcast in December 16th, 2005. Podcast number two launched the My Crazy Life Podcast in March 16th, 2006. Uh, later rebranded that to Pursuing a Balanced Life. The third podcast was the About the Church podcast. The fourth one was the Musically Challenged podcast. And I have no musical talent whatsoever, but I know that I like certain music. And so I created a pod safe music podcast called Musically Challenged because I was musically challenged. Number five, my fifth podcast was launched. It was called Podcast Answer Man. That was launched on December 9th, 2006, one year into my podcasting quote-unquote hobby at the time. And of course, that was later rebranded to the show that I'm recording right now, the Cliff Ravenscraft Show. All right. So, I, after one year of podcasting as a hobby, after launching five different podcast shows, after producing 129 podcast episodes in my first year, all of this as a hobby on the side, outside of my day job as an insurance agent, working in a family-run insurance agency, owned by my mom and dad, next in line to take it over, working 40 to 50 hours a week in the day job, I was able to do all of those things in my free time, all right? That's how much I was committed to, and I showed up the very non-typical way that I showed up in the world, in the world of podcasting, all right? And then all of a sudden, after one year, I began to dream of leaving the day job to pursue podcasting full time. Now, this is a major part of my story because I had the highest job security that one could ever dream of having. I mean, my grandfather started the insurance agency in 1937. My dad took it over from him, and I was the paperwork was already filled out. If something happened to my dad and he died an early death, or when he retired, the paperwork was already in place. That agency now belongs to me. And I'm talking guaranteed millionaire status in life. That's what I had, and I had zero desire to have that. Instead, I wondered, what would life be like if I could just find some way to provide for my family the way that I feel led to provide for my family financially, but so that I could do work where I can use my voice to entertain, educate, encourage, and inspire others. There's got to be a way. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start pursuing just steps like this. You know, maybe I'll, it could, might take me five, 10 years to eventually do this, but maybe when my dad retires, I'll just tell him, listen, I don't know that I want to take over the business. Let's sell this thing. All right. And, and so that's kind of the mindset that I thought. And I thought maybe that's five, 10 years down the road. Little did I know it would happen one more year down the road. That, that, that's a whole different story, and I don't even think that made my list. So we we won't go there. However, instead, I dreamed of going into the thing. Oh, by the way, all of this, when I had this dream, was when everybody who was an expert in the field of podcasting, which, of course, only a few hundred people still in podcasting, still less than, a, I think, a thousand podcasts out there, and the people who were the leading, bleeding edge of uh, at the top of the top when it came to in this industry of podcasting, if you could have called it an industry back then, and there were many saying there is no such thing as an industry, podcasting is dead. The The curve of adoption has 
died. They were wrong, and I argued it then. They disagreed with me then. Time has proven that I was right. Anyway, I had a dream of doing this when everybody else said. So what did I do? I continued to create content for my, uh, for my existing five shows. And over the next several years, since then, I've launched a couple other podcasts. By the way, I'm not going to say, I'm just going to say the number the, the number of podcasts, and I'm not going to so much concern myself with the date it was launched. But I'm just going to read a long list here. My sixth podcast that I launched, Grey's Anatomy Fan Podcast. Number seven was Heroes Fan Podcast. Number eight, Private Practice Fan Podcast. Number nine, the Help I Got a Mac Podcast. Number 10, Net Junk. Number 11, The Kids Show with my kids. Number 12, Family from the Heart, which I recorded for over a decade with my wife, and we still may produce some episodes of that every now and then. Number 13, the Hannah Montana Fan Podcast that I launched with my daughter, who was eight years old at the time, and we later rebranded that to The World According to Megan. Number 14, the Doctor Who Fan Podcast. Number 15, TV Talk. Number 16, the Almost Daily Devotional. Number 17, and actually, the next several didn't. I think they all lasted for just a one or three or four episodes. But the Bionic Woman fan podcast, I think there was only one episode. That was a terrible show. The Dancing with the Stars podcast, I think we did three episodes of that and decided, eh. The Dry Fan Podcast, Fox canceled that television show before we could even, well, and we knew why they canceled it. The Prison Break Fan Podcast was my 20th podcast that I launched. The 21st podcast was the Desperate Housewives Fan Podcast. Gaming with Matt, which I started with my son, was my 22nd podcast. The 23rd podcast was the Community Voice, where I interviewed people who were in my podcast community. Get this, my very first ever video podcast was my 24th podcast. It was called Facebook 101. This was in February 9th. This, I launched that on February 9th, 2009. By the way, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. No joking, hundreds of thousands of subscribers to my very first video podcast called Facebook 101. That's how a lot of people came to know me. This was way before Facebook was popular. It was just not, it wasn't too long after you could actually start signing up for Facebook without an EDU address. So yeah, my 25th podcast was Social Media Serenity. My 26th podcast was Business Tech Weekly. 27th podcast was the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast with Father Roderick. We later rebranded that to Balanced Living Weekly. Did that for two years with Father Roderick. Number 28, the On the Screen podcast, which was a movie podcast I did with Stephanie. Number 29 was the Twilight Saga podcast, where we covered chapter by chapter all of the books in the Twilight Saga and all of the movies. Number 30, the Virtual Assistant podcast. Number 31, the Hunger Games podcast. Number 32, Life, Love, and the Movies with Tracy Trost. And we later rebranded that to Successful Life Mindset. Number 34, the podcast report, which I actually did as a podcast for Blog World slash New Media Expo. Number 30, uh, I think that was number 33. Number 34 is the Cliff EOTC vlog, which is actually another video podcast. I don't put all of my vlogs in the vid, in a podcast feed anymore. You can find my vlog over at, I believe, uh, youtube.com slash Cliff EOTC or youtube.com slash Cliff Ravenscraft, and I just 
I think this is actually going to be vlog episode number 295 today. Uh, let's see here. The 35th podcast was the Veronica Mars Fan Podcast. Number 36, the Audio Journal Podcast, my favorite podcast I've ever produced. MindsetAnswerMan.com slash Audio Journal if you're interested. My 37th podcast that I launched, the Cliffs Notes on Profitable Coaching. Uh, number 38, Esports A Career. Or, or no, it's it's called Esports Career, A Parent's Guide. So far, only one podcast episode. But if my son Matthew does decide that he wants to launch and pursue aggressively an esports career, you can bet there's going to be some more content for that. Number 39, the Free the Dream podcast. So in all of these years since December 2005, I personally... My own podcasts, with some of them with my with my wife Stephanie, some of them with some of my friends, I have personally launched thirty nine different podcast shows, and I have I literally stopped counting after more than four thousand podcast episodes, and all of my podcast episodes are approximately one hour or more, so that's well over four thousand hours of my voice in podcast form and all of that I not only did I do that that's pretty by the way that's pretty remarkable that's not typical that's out of the ordinary that's striking that's worthy of people's attention that's all of the thing it fits all of that I just like boom this is I I know I'm supposed to use my voice. I know I'm supposed to talk. I know I'm supposed to share things that will entertain, educate, encourage, and inspire others. I've got hundreds and hundreds of, of postcards, notes, handwritten letters. I receive thousands and thousands and thousands of emails from people that tell me just how much their lives have been positive and positively impacted by the content that I've produced. I knew it was what I was supposed to do. I didn't know how I was going to make money at it, but I knew that I had to do it. And I and here's the next thing that, that's on my list. I successfully transitioned to what had eventually become, once I discovered my true identity in this world, which was to use my voice to encourage, entertain, educate, encourage, and inspire others, I realized that my day job in insurance had become soul-sucking, and I transitioned successfully from a soul-sucking day job to full-time self-employment. Even though I had no business experience, even though I'd been an employee my entire life, I'd never taken a business course in college, and yet I successfully did it. And not only that, but I only made $11,000 net income after all of the business expenses, the business covered our health insurance, the business paid for a CPA, paid for its overhead, but my personal income, paycheck to Cliff Ravenscraft, total net income, $11,000 after taxes. And I still didn't give up because I. it was the worst year financially Yes, I had an emotional roller coaster like nothing else. I had my highest highs, my lowest lows, but I knew I was doing what I was supposed to do in this world and nothing was going to keep me to do it. That's remarkable. That's not typical. It's it's astounding, all right? So that's what I did. Also, at one point through my journey, I finally discovered the power of setting goals and the strategies 
for how to achieve those goals. For example, I grew my business to generate over $500,000 a year. I'm personally responsible for helping more than 40,000 people. That's 40,000 people in the successful launch of their audio podcast. Then in 2011, I dreamed of one day of, I dreamed that in 2012, but in two, it was November 2011, I started thinking about what are my goals for 2012? And I had 12 goals for 2012. One of them, I wanted to become a paid speaker. I wanted to get my first paid speaking gig. The second one, I wanted to be a keynote speaker. I wanted the words keynote speaker next to my name. You know, I that that's just a dream of mine. I didn't know why I wanted it at the time. Now, looking back, connecting the dots, looking backwards, as Steve Jobs said in his 2005 commencement address, it's easy to see that that's a part of the seed of the dream and vision that God's planted inside of me for my purpose in this world. I didn't know it at the time, but I'm like, I want to be a paid speaker. I want to be a professional paid speaker. I want to get the words keynote. And I don't mean like keynote in one of those things where it's a five-day conference and every day has a morning keynote and an evening keynote. I specifically knew what I want. I wanted to be the guy who starts the very first, kicks off the conference with a powerful keynote or closes the keynote or closes out the conference with the powerful takeaway, go out into the world with the message and everything you've done here. I want to be the person who helps you leave with that energy. By the way, for those of you listening to the audio podcast, I am going to take a drink. Wow. So here's the interesting thing. When I made that dream of being a paid speaker and a keynote speaker, I was a terrible speaker, admittedly, absolutely horrendous. Now, don't get me wrong. I'd created, I don't know, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe my first thousands hours worth of communicating, speaking online. So there's some that goes along with that. I Prior to entering the world of podcasting, Back in 1996, I had been pursuing the track of becoming a full-time pastor. Getting, I was a uh, licensed minister in the Nazarene Church. I was professionally cha- trained for ministry, uh, at least for two years in that pursuit. I had preached behind a pulpit, but my pre- I, I've got videotapes somewhere of my first few sermons. They're awful. Oh, uh, you know, the, and the few times that I've spoken in front of people, it just made me sick to my stomach. I'm not going to bore you or even disgust you with the details of how it made me sick to my stomach. But needless to say, when I set this goal, I was a terrible public communicator in front of in front of a live physical audience. But I, I still, I wanted it. And within a few short months, I was already paid to do a keynote address, opening keynote address, by Father Roderick Von Hogan and his um, a team of people who were behind the Catholic New Media Conference. And the funny part of this was, is I was invited to do an opening keynote address about how to communicate the faith in a digital world to an entirely Catholic community when I'm not even Catholic. And I was the opening keynote address, and I was paid to do it. And you know what? On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the a powerful communicator on that stage, my technical skills in the, in the art of public communication, 
I would have given myself about a five out of 10. Now, as far as my passion and information and zeal and the effectiveness of that talk, I'd probably give it a, a solid eight out of 10. So it, it, I, I covered up for my lack of technical skill and communicating with the fact that I, I was passionate. You know, nothing was, my technical skill is not going to keep me from delivering a return on the investment of paying me to come and speak at this event and being your keynote speaker. And I did it in spite of my lack of technical skill. See, that's remarkable. Most people is like, I wouldn't dare to dream that. I wouldn't accept that. I wouldn't go after that until I've gone through a, bu- a bunch of coaching and training and stuff like that. I then later that same year, 2012, uh, it was actually, it wasn't too long. It was it February 2012? I think, I can't remember. Maybe it was February 2013. It doesn't matter. But eventually, Michael Hyatt says, Cliff, I want you, I'm getting ready to launch a, a series of conference events called the Platform Conference, and I want you to be my, one of my featured speakers at the first event. Would you do that? I'd like to pay you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Now that one freaked me out. But I said yes, which by the way is remarkable. It is not how to, it's non-typical because this is the highest level at which, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. But I did it, you know? And then after that, I dedicated myself to the study of becoming a powerful professional communicator. I've hired coach after coach. I've listened to audiobook after audiobook. I have gone to uh, seminar after seminar. And today, well, I've since added the title International Paid Keynote Speaker. I'll never forget, uh, was it 2015 or 16? I can't remember which. I was the key opening keynote address for the Asia Pacific Podcast Conference in New Zealand. Paul Spain brought me out there, all expenses paid, 10-day all expenses paid trip in New Zealand. Uh, and on top of that, I got paid unbelievable. Paul Spain, I still thank you for that great opportunity. And it was so incredible. I also did the opening keynote address for New Media Europe. I can't remember the year of that. That might have been 2015 as well. And that was Mike and Isabella Russell that gave me that amazing opportunity in Manchester in the UK. Which, of course, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have actually had the thought or the idea to take my family along, which didn't work out for that trip. But we ended up going on a two-week family vacation to Europe, traveling to five countries in two weeks. We bought a ticket, flying our entire family to Edinburgh, Scotland, and two weeks later, we had a return flight from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And we figured, hey, we've got two weeks to figure out how to get from Scotland to to Amsterdam, and we planned our trip accordingly. That's pretty extraordinary. That's outstanding. That's that's worthy of interest. That you know, that stands out. That and that's not even on my list. Anyway, later this year, by the way, in June of this year, I've been invited. I'm going to be speaking in Prague. In Prague, I'm speaking at the Global Leadership Symposium. I have this incredible honor of speaking for three hours, two workshops that I'm teaching to emerging world leaders, the people who will be running countries and economies in the next decade. I'm actually going to be training them and teaching them in the area of mindset for three hours this June. What an incredible honor. All of that because I dared to dream when I was terrible at public communication. I dared to dream I'd like to be a paid professional keynote speaker. And today, I actually even have my own conference, which my highest, 
most respected peers and, and people that I look up to have come to speak at. People have traveled around the world to hear my, or to come to my conference. Unbelievable. All right. So w- then there's the area of what the, the day that I decided to start living and take my health and physical fitness uh, seriously. It was November 14th, 2014. I said, I will work out six days a week every week for the rest of my life. And I've done it. There were people who told me that I was crazy. There were people who told me I was setting myself up for failure. I would not hear it. I knew what I wanted. I was going to achieve it. I have lived it. All right. I've burned, by the way, as a result of that and also changing the way that I eat, I've burned over 100 pounds of body fat and put on over 20 pounds of pure muscle mass. That's worthy of note. That people that that sparks people's interest. All I do is can walk up to anybody and say, "Hey, see this picture? That's me a couple years ago." And they're like, "There's no way that's you." Matter of fact, for those who I, and I apologize to the Cliff Ravenscraft Show audience, um, and because this is very terrible, and and I know that I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm going to. I'm actually going to show those who are watching live. The picture that I typically show people who are meeting me for the first time, and when they see this, they're like, there's no way that is you. Absolutely no way that that is you. And it's me when I weighed nearly 300 pounds. And so that instantly is worthy. Tell me more. I want to learn more. Can you, can you answer this question? Can you answer that question? Can you answer this question? And instantly they want to know more. It's because I've done something and have been somebody worthy of their interest, worthy of talking about. All right. Uh, In December 2017, I announced to the world that I will never eat sugar again for the rest of my life. Now, I haven't talked about this publicly since, but there have been two different times that I have eaten sugar since December 2017, just to see if... Maybe, maybe, you know what? I think I've got this pretty under control. Maybe I can actually have a cupcake one time. It was uh, 2018 for my daughter's, I think it might have been her 12th birthday party or whatever. But I ate a cupcake. Oh, and I felt terrible. And then all of a sudden, uh, if all of my neuro associations, leverage of massive, immediate, unbearable pain, all of that stuff, it all worked. It, I felt sick to my stomach. And then it was just recently, New Year's Eve 2019. I'm like, hey, let's go to Dewey's Pizza. And I ate things that actually kicked me out of ketosis. And I'm like, man, that is, now I, yes, this stuff is toxic. I don't ever want to feel, and so two times since I've given up on sugar, have I tried it just to see if, if, this stuff really works. And yes, I've created enough neurological associations, neuro associations in my brain that instantly give me a physical response of being ill when I consume sugar, which is my desired outcome. And so I have zero, no desire, no temptation to eat sugar still. And that's since December 2017. That's, that's not typical. That's out of, it's remarkable. People hear this. They want to talk to me, hear about it. Other people will talk about it. They say, Cliff, I heard you don't eat sugar. Can you tell me more? All the time that happens to me. All right. 
In 2018, I dropped below 200 pounds for the first time in my adult life. Now, at this point, everybody who knew me, my entire adult life, knew me as somewhere between 240 to to almost 300 pound man. And all of a sudden, in 2018, I drop under 200 pounds. And here's what I announced to the world. I said boldly, I proclaimed to the world, I will never be above 200 pounds again. I promise you, you will never see it. Cliff Ravenscraft has changed his identity. I am the mindset answer, man. I will never, ever be over 200 pounds again. And I failed miserably at keeping that commitment for a period of time due to a season of... uh lack of focus in an area that because I allowed myself, basically I failed. I had gained enough weight to get all the way back up to 221 pounds. I hit it. I stopped showing up in video. I, 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 I felt guilty. I felt, I felt a lot of that leverage. I felt the immediate massive unbearable pain, but I had my focus elsewhere. And this was a very public failure. I had uh, proclaimed boldly that this will never, I will never be above 200. By the way, that's not typical. That's extraordinary. That's striking. Uh, most people wouldn't have the courage to say those words. Um, but I did. And then I failed. And then I confessed publicly. I did an entire confession publicly to the world that says, I have failed. I have a confession. Transparently, I said this. That I know this made cause some people to question my credibility as the mindset answer man. I know all of that stuff, but here's what happened. I know why this happened to me. I know what adjustments I'm going to make. And by the way, here's how I'm going to make sure that I get back down to where I need to be and want to be in my life and how I'm going to assure that this will never happen again. And well, within six months, I was back down in the 180s and I've stayed in the 180s since. All right, which by the way, All of that stuff is remarkable, outstanding, extraordinary. This is not typical, out of the ordinary. This stuff is worthy of people's attention. And I don't do it for attention-seeking. I'm just doing it because of who I am. Let me see if I can find this. Um, uh, You know what? Let me... I, I think I, I've got it here because I don't want to just naturally bring this up. There's a point where I want to talk about fully embracing my identity. So I could go on and on. I'm looking at my notes again. I could go on and on for many hours, actually many days or even probably weeks talking about the number of things that I've done in my life that would meet the fullest definition of each of those words, remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, and astounding, all right? But here's what I wrote. I was like, at this point in my outline, I'm like, okay, I know. Oh my gosh, that sounds so arrogant. I can't believe you spent that much time talking about all the amazing things that you have accomplished. Well, the thing is, is that's not even scratching the surface of the amazing things that I've done that are remarkable, astounding. And by the way, 
That's only the accomplishments. I didn't tell you about all the massive, tremendous amount of failures that I've had, which, by the way, I have publicly talked about plenty of times before. I just didn't think of it when I was creating this outline of of all of the public things that I said I was going after, the the things that I said I was going to do that turned out to be absolute miserable failures, the times that... But being publicly, authentically transparent about all of that stuff as well, that's, again, still... It's all... Uh, remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, astounding. So why would I spend so much time talking about all of those things? It's because it directly answers the question that Danielle Weeb asked. She says, how do you, me, Cliff Ravenscraft, build strong relationships with other powerful business people and professionals in your niche, in your industry? And the answer to that question is that I've done nothing more than just being myself. Okay, wait a second. That's not true. All of my relationships have naturally happened, organically happened, and so many doors have been opened for those relationships to occur simply because... Hear these words. These are the most important words, I believe. I fully embraced my identity in this world and I went after the life for which I was creating, created to live at the highest level, paying whatever price I needed to pay to live the life I was created to live. Now, I don't know that I could actually say that word for word exactly the way that I just said it because I paraphrased what's written on here. I would encourage you to hit the back button on your video or your audio podcast and listen to that phrase again because that is what I've done. I've discovered my truest identity, who I am, what I was created to put, why I was put on this earth, what I'm supposed to do, my mission, my purpose in this world. I fully embraced it. And I am going after that life in all of the new clarity, the clarity. I didn't wait until I had everything all figured out. I didn't know that it was going to be the mindset answer man when I left my career in insurance. I didn't believe that any of the stuff I'm doing today was even possible back then. But I didn't wait until I had it all figured out to start taking action. And that's not typical. <laughs> all right. Danielle also asked, she said, Cliff, and also... How long did it take for those relationships to form? All right, so I want to share with you some stories of some of my most cherished relationships and how they came about. And I'm just going to abbreviate this as quickly as possible here. First of all, my, my relationship with Dan Miller, author of the book 48 Days to the Work You Love and so many other amazing books. He, you can find him at uh, 48days.com. And I got to tell you, when I was in my first year of of business, I was struggling. I told you, I only made $11,000 net income. I A lot of it had to do with my mindset, my beliefs about getting paid extremely well to do something that I loved so much. I felt guilty for charging people money for the things that lit me up and got me excited. I had all sorts of beliefs about the fact that you only get, you, the, the more you hate what you do, the more you get paid, the more challenging and difficult, the more hard the work, the more you get paid. The, and, and it's, you know, you get paid for how challenging and how much you hate and all this other stuff. I never, I never knew it was about the how much value you add that you get paid for. I, it sounds ridiculous, 
But that's what I grew up thinking. That's how I was conditioned to believe. I adopted a lot of crazy outlandish beliefs. If you want to learn more about that, head over to MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free. Seriously, head over to MindsetAnswerMan.com slash free after listening to this episode and watch me tear up three $100 bills right in front of you. It's a video of the opening keynote addressed to my own conference called Free the Dream Conference. So anyway, I was throwing money away until I read Dan Miller's book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, and it started to shift the way I saw the world. It radically transformed my mind about work and therefore transformed my life, both personally and professionally. I began to share that message with thousands and thousands and thousands. I was responsible for thousands of copies of 48 Days to the Work You Love being sold. All right? I want you to hear that because of all of the content. Now, with when you've created, you know, hundreds if not thousands of podcast episodes in the first few years of your podcasting existence, you've created, you know, gosh, what is it, 10, 15 podcast episodes by the time I met Dan Miller. Uh, I had re- each of those podcast audiences, some of them were as few as a thousand subscribers to each podcast. Some of them had, you know, 30,000, 60,000, 80,000 subscribers to some of those podcasts. And even something like the Facebook one on one video podcast, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I, Cliff Ravenscraft, my voice in the world had already reached hundreds of thousands of people in the world. And then. I start talking about Dan Miller all of the time in a lot of different contests. I started talking about Dan Miller in Pursuing a Balanced Life. I talked about Dan Miller in the podcast Answer Man. I talked about Dan Miller in Family from the Heart. I talked about Dan Miller in the About the Church podcast. Talked about Dan Miller. I created an entire series of podcast episodes on his Rudder of the Day book by Dan Miller uh, in the Almost Daily Devotional. I talked about Dan Miller in Business Take Weekly. I talked about Dan Miller in Social Media Serenity. I talked about Dan Miller in my vlogs. I talked about Dan Miller a lot. I was responsible for thousands of copies of Dan Miller's book, 48 Days to the Work You Love book being sold. And I knew that. I didn't think about it at the time, but I did know it. So here's the interesting thing. One day, months, months and months and months, almost probably, yeah, many months after I, I've been inspired by Dan, all of a sudden I came across this step-by-step formula for how to achieve any, any goal. And it was simply, number one, believe it's possible. Number two, write it down, tell others about it, and then work the plan, take action and work the plan as it becomes available. That, that, I still today remember that. I will never forget that. Believe it's possible. Write it down. Tell others. Start taking action. So um, here's what I did. I created a podcast episode of Pursuing a Balanced Life. And I said, listen, I'm going to test this formula out. I, I, I don't know what goals to... I, I, I'll tell you what. I got a goal. I have a dream of meeting two people who inspire me the most. I don't have sports celebrities, movie star celebrities that like super energize me. I'd love to meet them one day. I, actually, I've, I've since had some people that, that I realized, like, yeah, I'd love to hang out with Robert Downey Jr. I would. I, that would be incredibly awesome. 
there are some other celebrities today that I would love to meet and, and hang out with and, and chat and, and to maybe ultimately one day be a friend. I've not yet set that as an intention and a goal yet. So until I do, it, 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 if it happens, it's just going to be because it was supposed to happen. And even if I do, it's probably going to happen because it was supposed to happen. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast for another time. But here's what I said. I would love nothing more to, than to meet Dan Miller and Leo Laporte. And here's what I mean. I, I'm very clear about what this vision of, of meeting them. I'm not talking about meeting them at a conference where Dan's just spoken and there's 30 people in line to talk to him and shake his hand, where I get about three minutes of his attention while other people are waiting in line behind me and I tell him a couple of things. And then when he goes out to lunch with whoever he's going out to lunch with afterwards, um, I, I, I just... I just, he won't remember me because I will be one of 35 people he just talked to and you just can't remember all of those. Maybe I might be able to say something remarkable, extraordinary, uh, that's striking, that stands out from the um, the rest, but... You know, I don't. I didn't have any of that thought process. I, none of this stuff. I never knew I was doing these things back then that was leading to these relationships. I just said, hey, guys, I want to meet Dan Miller. And I'm, I'm not going to go down the Leola report route, which also was very intentional and, by the way, ultimately did happen. I'm, I, could, I could call Leo Laporte up and chat with him today if I want to. I've been on his podcast the way that – all of that stuff. I said I wasn't going to go into it. But I, it's happened as well. But the Dan Miller scenario has been the biggest game changer in my professional life. I would still say that 80% of all of my income today still could be indirectly tied back to being connected to Dan Miller the way that I am. So I said, I, I, I said to my podcast, here are two people I'd like to get to know. And specifically, I, I'm not talking about just a conversation. I, I'd like to really have these people know who I am. Yeah, maybe some of us a sense of significance, but I also wanted them to know just how much influence and impact they've not only had on me, but I'm sitting here on a regular weekly basis reaching hundreds of thousands of people. Throughout all the content that I'm producing, it's I personally know that I've reached hundreds of thousands of people in a powerful way because of Dan Miller and because of Leo Laporte. So that's what I want them to know. I want them to know it in a way that they, when if they were to ever hear my name again, they'd say, oh yeah, I know the Cliff Ravens guy. I know what he's doing. So I, I shared all of that in my podcast and I said, so he, I believe it's possible. I've already written this down and here I am in a podcast episode telling you about it. And then I'm like, I don't, I don't know what actions to take, but I will take action. And my first action is to, to do this. Well, within 40 minutes of that podcast episode being broad, uh, pub- published into the podcast feed, Andy Traub, a close friend of mine, he wasn't at the time, I didn't know who he was at the time, but he was listening to my podcast. He since became a close friend. He and I actually did over 100 or so episodes of Business Tech Weekly together, the podcast, one of the podcasts that I did. And he says, Cliff, I'm Andy Traub. I'm close personal friends with Dan Miller. By the way, he already knows who you are. And then I'm like, oh, well, duh. I've, he's probably at, had a number of people say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I've read your book. I heard about you from Cliff Ravenscraft. Just imagine, in hindsight, connecting the dots. Imagine how many times when thousands, 
This is not an exaggeration. I'm telling you there are times when I'm prone to exaggeration and I will let you know when I'm exaggerating because I don't know the actual number. But when I give you a number, to the best of my clear recollection of how things were back then, I know for a fact I am responsible for thousands of copies of 48 Days to the Work You Love Being Sold. And so, therefore, I, it, it, you connect the dots looking backward. You know Dan Miller received hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails from pe- and maybe letters and postcards written to him and people showing up to his live workshops, his paid product, buying his paid product. How did you hear about me? Oh, gosh, I heard about you from the Cliff Ravenscraft show. Or, or what well, wasn't the Cliff Ravenscraft. I've heard about you from My Crazy Life or Pursuing a Balanced Life, the podcast answer, man. Really? And you hear my name over and over again. So Andy's like, dude, Dan's already heard about you. He's been thinking about contacting you anyway. I'd love to connect you. Would you be interested? I'm like, heck yeah. And within a week, I'm interviewing him on the Podcast Answer Man podcast. That podcast interview can still be found today at podcastanswerman.com slash Dan Miller or mindsetanswerman.com slash Dan Miller. Either one of them will take you there. All right? So... I did that podcast interview. Uh, he, at the end of it, he says, Cliff, I'd like to hire you for coaching for an hour. Can I pick your brain through a coaching session? I'd like to hire you. And I said, sure. A week later, we're on the phone. And uh, he asked me a bunch of questions. I share with him some pretty uh, straightforward feedback about the audio quality of his show. He says, Cliff, what would you do to, uh, to fix that? And I said, well, I, I, he said, what equipment do you have? And I told him about all the equipment I have. I said, I don't know that you need all this. He goes, well, I'd like to have all of that. Um, do you think you could order all of that, have it shipped to your house, and then bring it down to Nashville? You're up in the Cincinnati area, right? And I said, yeah. He goes, if you wouldn't mind driving down here, Joanne's going out of town to visit the kids out in Colorado, and she's going to visit some friends in California. I'm here by myself all weekend. Why don't you come down Friday night? I'll take you out to dinner, take you to a show here in Nashville. Uh, you can stay in my guest bedroom in my home, and all day Saturday, we'll just set up the studio. How does that sound? Yeah, I think I'd like that. This is how that's, that came about. How did it come about? I was already extraordinary. How did he instantly know that he wanted to invite me into his home and, and all of this stuff? It's not because of the conversation we had in the podcast interview. It's because of the thousands of hours that I've already devoted to my craft. It's because I've already shown how much I've been influenced and inspired by this man. And I've already taken so much genuine interest. I had so much vested in him and his message. And, And this was a whole thing of reciprocity kicking me in the face in a very possible way. And if you don't know about the theory of reciprocity, I encourage you to Google it. All right? So Dan Miller's like, boom, heck yeah, I want to know you. Thank you. I, I, dude, let me shake your hand. Let me go out of my way. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm honored to talk to you. By the way, that's the same thing that happened when I went to meet Leo Laporte. I had no idea he had any clue that I was coming. I had no idea he'd ever known who he was, even though some people said that he had dropped my name in his Tech Guy radio show several times and the podcast Answer Man brand. But every time I've looked for it, I couldn't find it when they were saying it was there. So when I went and I, I was a little fangirl, There's, there was video taken of me meeting Dan Miller or uh, Leo Laporte for the first time. And I got to tell you, 
it's so embarrassing that I, I, I'm pretty sure I may have actually purposely intentionally deleted it forever. But and he got up out of his chair. And there was a crowd of people who were on a tour. And he says, Cliff Ravenscraft podcast answer. Dude, come in here. And, and, and he pulled me into his office. Oh, man, it's crazy. And it has everything to do with what I'd already done. It's about all of that being so extraordinary, remarkable, being worthy, being someone and doing something worth talking about, worthy of people's attention, all of that. So Dan Miller, how did I get to, to where I met Michael Hyatt, which by the way, Michael Hyatt invited me to speak at all of his platform conferences. That's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people of the highest level target audience of people who would buy my products and services, he had the highest level, the most highly qualified target audience you could possibly ever imagine for my products and services. Michael Hyatt had attained those people, brought them to a conference hundreds at a time and invited me to be a featured speaker at every one of those. Uh, how he launched a podcast and in the first 100 podcast episodes, my name was mentioned at least 30 different episodes. And that could be an extremely conservative number. It may be as high as 40, 50, or 60 episodes out of the first 100. Video after video, talk after talk, Michael Hyatt's talking to thousands and thousands of people all of the time in public communication and he's te- in, in, in public speaking and he tells people my story and my name. Why? Because it's been worthy of talking about. But how did Michael Hyatt hear about me? Because I was worthy of talking about by, from Dan Miller. Michael Hyatt, I know the story well. Michael Hyatt one day went over to his great friend Dan Miller's house and he says, Dan, what's the number one single greatest thing that's going on in your business that has given you the best return on your investment when it comes to taking your business to the next level? And Dan Miller says, podcast, hands down. Really? More than this, more than that, more than, hands down the podcast. More than the email newsletter, hands down the podcast. You think I should have a podcast? Yes, you should. And he says, wow, um, I, I think I'll go research. He goes, don't. All you need to do, I'm going to connect you. If you want, I, Cliff Ravenscraft is your man. I promise you, there, there's lots of other places you can learn. Cliff Ravenscraft's your man. You want, let me tell you a little story about Cliff Ravenscraft. And so he began to tell Michael Hyatt th- remarkable things about me. All right? And Michael's like, heck yeah, I want to talk to this guy. Instant. They, uh, Dan emails me, carbon copies Michael right there as Michael's sitting in his office. I respond. Michael says, next thing you know, within a week, I'm sitting in the living room of Michael Hyatt's home in downtown Franklin, Tennessee. And we, that's how it all began in an instant. However, it's because of the thousands of hours of embracing my identity and fully living it in an extraordinary way. By the way, all of this, all of this despite my haters, do you realize all of this despite all of the negative criticism, the negative feedback? Guys, if you, you want to know what I'm talking about, 
Go look up the Weekly Lost podcast in the Apple Podcast directory. If you're able to find the reviews and able to still sort them by most critical, look at the one-star negative, horrible things that various people wrote about me in the days. And look at some of my other podcasts and sort them by the most critical. I had my haters. And in in a piece of content right before recording this content in either the previous Facebook Live episode to this, the previous vlog episode on YouTube to this, or the previous episode of the Cliff Ravenscraft show. I talked about my biggest hater in the world. In spite of all the opposition to me being embraced fully for who I am, I did it anyway. That's not typical. It's not ordinary. It's striking. It's worthy of people's attention. And it's because of that that, boom, when Michael Hyatt heard the story of the words that Dan Miller used to describe me happened in an instant. How about Pat, Pat Flynn? You know, one of the, probably one of the most wildly successful, uh, close personal friends that I have, member of my mastermind group of the Green Room Mastermind. We started it together in October 2010. So much can be attributed to how many people discovered me through Pat and his amazing community and the work that he's done over the year. How did that happen? Well, he heard about my name, podcaster after podcaster after podcaster after podcaster. You hear the name Cliff Ravenscraft 50, 60, 70 times. I'm talking 50, 60, 70 different podcasts. Those podcasters saying my name over and over again all of a sudden, who do you think you're going to go to to finally launch your podcast? Pat Flynn, Flynn contacts me in either late 2009, mid-2010, I can't remember when. But uh, he says, Cliff, I've tried to launch a podcast. I just can't figure out how to do this, and I'm a little struggling with this. I've recorded my voice. I don't know. How, how do you deal with this? And I encouraged him and inspired him and helped him launch his podcast. And the rest is history there. Then there's Rick Calvert, somebody that I don't talk about a whole lot these days, but man, I owe so much to Rick Calvert, who was the CEO and co-founder of Blog World, which also then became known and eventually rebranded to New Media Expo. How did I get that relationship? Well, it's by doing something crazy out of the ordinary, something that's striking. Soon as you hear it, it's like, what? I created a, Stephanie and I wanted to create a community cruise a gspn.tv community. That's what we had back then. It was the Generally Speaking Production Network. We were going to do a cruise. We were going to invite people from all over the world who listen to our content. If you'd like, we're organizing a a week-long cruise on a Disney Dream cruise ship. It's going to be an incredible experience. Would you like? And we had a professional audio uh, promo created. It was better than anything you would hear on the radio. Created by Mike and Isabella Russell from Music Radio Creative. Which, by the way, if you're looking for audio branding, mindsetanswerman.com/audio. Mike and Isabella will take care of you. And there's a special package there. Again, that's mindsetanswerman.com/audio. Anyway. Um, but but I did this this cruise promo was playing in my podcast Answer Man podcast and I was playing in the other uh, community shows that I was doing and Paul Colligan said hmm and he he was hanging out with Rick Calvert one day and he says Rick have you heard what Cliff Ravenscraft's doing he goes no what's Cliff Ravenscraft's doing he is hosting a cruise for his podcast community first time I've ever heard of this happening really. And then Rick goes and listens to that podcast episode, and Rick says, hey, I heard that you're doing a cruise. 
I heard about you people, you doing something, being someone worth talking about. He heard about that. As a result of that, he says, Cliff, I'd like to pay you all expenses paid trip to New York City, come to Blog Work World NYC and tell us your story about how you've developed. I've, I've so, so many people have filled me in with your story about how you started as a hobby, how you've launched into your full-time career and what you've built up to this point. It's phenomenal and you've got to come to Blog World and tell this story. And I said, yeah, ha, that's awesome. Now, remember, remember the first year in my business, I only made $11,000 net income. I was in a place financially where we refused to go back into debt. Oh, by the way, that's another thing. Stephanie and I became debt-free in February 2007. Never going to be in debt again. Eh, there's a little caveat in the past year or so uh, that that is not important to this, and it and. I shouldn't have even brought that up because now it's going to derail my thoughts. But let me just say this. We wanted to remain debt-free, so I chose not to go to a lot of conferences and all this other stuff. And Blog World was always on my dream net, uh, on my dream list, and and also the podcast and New Media Expo, which was another major conference of people and my peers in my industry that I wanted to go. But I never chose to do those because I I just wanted to make sure that I didn't take any food away from the family to put on the table that year. And now it's all expenses paid. Heck yeah, I'm there. And then I come, and who's sitting in the back room? Rick Calvert. I was invited to the speaker party that night. He says, Cliff. Dude, I said I don't want you to talk. Riveting. You've got to come to LA and tell that at Blog World LA. Will you do that? I'll pay all of your expenses. He goes, <laughs> by the way, this is not typical for Blog World. They don't typically do this. But he goes, Cliff, I wanted to, I want to pay, I'll fly you out, I'll put your hotel. Will you tell your story there? And I said, yes. And uh, it was, I, I did the same thing, told my story. People started, the people who were in my talk started talking. Oh my gosh, have you heard about this Cliff Ravens? Have you heard about podcasting? All like podcasting this, podcasting that. All of a sudden, just a few people that came to my session started to spread out to the hundreds and thousands of people that were at Blog World. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I've got a goal. I've got a dream. I want to be invited, all expenses paid to come back to speak at Blog World again. That didn't happen. Instead, it went to the next level. Rick Calvert reached out to me and says, Cliff, do you have time on your schedule for you and I to talk about the next blog world? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to invite me again, all expenses paid to speak again. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Well, we get on the call and he did not invite me to come and speak at blog world, all expenses paid. Instead, he said, Cliff, would you be interested in a brand new position that I am creating at Blog World. We just purchased the rights to the podcast and portable media expo from the Berkwin brothers. And we want to bring this community into Blog World, but we know we can't do it on our own. We they they don't want an ins they don't want outsiders, people ha- for, who don't have podcasts bringing them in. And when we've talked about it in our communities here, there's a lot of people who have a lot of influence uh, in the podcasting space, but none of them seem as as Switzerland or as agnostic as you or whatever the, however he communicates. Like, listen, there's the people who hate the people who monetize their podcast or the people who hate the people who are against monetizing. And, and, but man, if there's one name that's risen above the top of people who are just purely in it for the love of podcasting, it's you. Would you be the director of podcasting for Blog World? 
would you create would can, we will pay you well to create a presence among podcasters at blog world and it became a reality by the way i can tell you right now this this i you can ask dan franks and jared easily whether or not what their version of this is but i can tell you right now the existence of the podcast, what is it called? Podcast movement community, which is a major conference, is, I believe, a direct result of the work that I created and started with New Media Expo, Blog World New Media Expo. So, so all of that and all of that, why, how did all of that be, by the way, that led to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue in my business. All of a sudden, I, I literally was elevated to the number one highest top tier level of the podcasting industry. I was able to speak to any podcaster anywhere, anytime. I was able to get them to come and do keynotes when people said, you will never get Leo Laporte to come to a blog world and do a keynote. And here's 15 reasons why. And in spite of the fact that Lisa who is now Lisa Laporte. She was, uh, she was Lisa Kinsel at the time, but she's now Lisa, she's now Leo's wife. But Lisa Kinsel, in spite of the fact that she, she denied me seven times before she finally said yes, I made it happen. All of that, all of that business, all of the connections, all of, all of the, the notoriety and credibility that came with the position of the director of podcasting in the industry-leading conference in social media at the time. How did all of that happen? Because somebody named Paul Colligan said, hey, did you hear about this cruise that Cliff's doing? I'm telling you. And and just one other business part. And by the way, I, I I could go on for days and weeks and out days, weeks and days, hours, weeks, months talking about all the people that I'm connected with, all the powerful business people. But I'd like to talk about one other very close friend of mine. His name is Tim Schmoyer. All right, how did that happen? So Tim Schmoyer, by the way, is the guy who teaches people what. Basically, Tim Schmoyer is the YouTube answer man. Although he doesn't call his, he doesn't have his brand that he's he's video creators on YouTube. He's paid big time by YouTube to come and train people for YouTube for Google. Uh, he actually has hosted his own conferences. He's he's got a ton of people. He's helped many of his clients achieve the biggest, wildest successes you can think of in YouTube. Go look him up, Tim Schmoyer, S C H M Y M O Y E R, Tim Schmoyer, video creators on YouTube. Anyway, I'm sitting in Las Vegas at a Blog World New Media Expo. By the way. This is, this is the year that I wasn't even director. I had stepped down from that position to pursue some bigger priorities on my life at that time and, and for other reasons. But anyway, I, I was not the director that year, but we were in Las Vegas and Pat Flynn had hosted a meetup and I was sitting in the, in the facility in this community gathering uh, for, that, that Pat had uh, assembled and I was sitting at this bar, I believe, I remember, if I remember correctly, and right next to me is this guy sitting down with a ball cap on, and uh, he turns over and says, hey, I'm Tim, who are you? And I said, I'm Cliff, and and as we got to talking a little bit more, and he says, what do you do? And I said, I teach people how to podcast, and as soon as I said podcast answer me, he goes, you're Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, and instantly, 
the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of me doing me, doing all those things that I've talked about. He's like, I've heard so much about you. And we start talking and I said, tell me about you. Because, well, I kind of do what you do for the YouTube world. And I started asking him all sorts of questions. And he says, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Northern Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati. He goes, no way. I'm from Northern Kentucky, just outside of Cincinnati. And I said, really? He says, where do you live? I said, I live in Hebrew. And he says, I live in Florence. Or no, I live in Erlanger. He lives like nine miles down the road from me. All of a sudden, we start connecting and having lunch together, and then before you know it, I he he's like, Cliff, man, you are doing amazing things in your health and fitness. How are you changing? I'd like to become a little bit more, get back into some health and fis- fitness. And said, so, well, I've been riding my bike a lot lately. I do a lot of road cycling. He goes, dude, I used to, I had an entire ebook on cycling. I'll shit, I'll shoot you a copy. Awesome. And so next thing you know. Tim and I are going on 10, 20, 30, and 40-mile bike rides together. Like, totally insane, very dangerous road cycling rides through Cincinnati together. And we just developed this relationship and this friendship over the years. And yeah, I mean, just this is how it's happened naturally. So here, so basically, and and. How long does it take? Let me let me make sure I get that question for Danielle. How long did each of these relationships take? Every single relationship that I have told you has happened in an instant. It has happened in an instant. However, it only happened in an instant because the thousands and thousands, actually initially it was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, but then it was the thousands and thousands and thousands of hours where I was fully embracing my identity in the world and going after the life for which I was created to live at the highest level. Being fully me, being unique, doing it in a way nobody else can, being the extraordinary, the the out-of-the-ordinary person I was created to be, not going with the status quo, not always trying to fit in with the crowd, not trying to do the same things. I mean, just to give you an idea, my friend Ray Edwards just recommended a book, The Ruthless... Uh, the ruthless something putting an end to something hurry. And I was super excited because I had never heard of this before. But then Ray Edwards recommended it in a live stream that he did that's going to be put out in his podcast feed. And then all of a sudden, I know that that's going to go out to thousands of people. And then all of a sudden, some other people are going to go read this book about how to end hurry in your life. And then all of a sudden, I'm like... Now I'm I'm far less interested in this book because it's what everybody's going to be reading. And I'll just let them talk about it. And and when they talk about it, I'll see if it rises to the top and then then I I I will either listen to the audio version or something like that. But I want to I want to go do something. I want to go down I want to beat different paths than everyone else. That's just it's always who I've been. That's what I am. That's who I am, authentically embracing fully me. I don't want to just follow the crowd. I don't want to just build my business the way Michael Hyatt built his business. I don't want to build my business the way Pat Flynn is building his business. I don't want to build my business the way Ray. I want to build the business that God has called me to build it in the unique way that he's called me to build it. And I don't care if it looks like a failure from the outside. 
And I don't care because what, what seemingly on a profit and loss statement may look like a failure to some people, it's massive success to me. You know, I, I, I make a, a percentage of income of some, some of my closest friends and peers, but I also know my overhead and meeting re- payroll, whole lot easier. A lot less stress. And and I'm not judging them. That's what they've publicly stated. That's what they want. It's what they desire to go after the life they feel created to live. I'm just not interested in comparing myself to anyone else. I'm only comparing myself to my ability to be me. That's not ordinary. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this up here. So in summary here, How do you build strong relationships with other professionals? Danielle, this is how you do it. Be remarkable, extraordinary, exceptional, amazing, and astounding in the way that you powerfully show up in the world. Do something and be someone worth talking about. And how long does it take? Well, it takes hundreds and maybe even thousands of hours before the right people notice. Matter of fact, this is not in my notes, and I am going to have to look this up, and I am going to draw this out for just a a moment longer. Uh, Oh, man, I should have, and I don't even have my keyboard connected to my iPad Pro, but I do now. And so I'm going to go to, uh, what is it, GSPN dot tv slash overnight i'm going to read to you from jason freed's book rework this was a powerful thing if you want to know this and this ties into success in your business profitability selling your courses selling your workshops selling your live events it goes to all of those things anything you want to sell anything you want to monetize this goes to building relationships with powerful people in your in, in your niche in your industry uh, you know all of those collaborations you'd like to make one day when it comes to success in any of those areas, there's this myth of the overnight sensation that there's this myth that you can actually just like go read a book and then all of a sudden you have all your relationships without all the hard work put in. And I read this this quote in Rework by Jason Freed years and years ago and it's one of my favorite quotes ever. Here's what he said. He says, you will not be a big hit right away. You will not get rich quick. You are not so special that everyone else will instantly pay attention. No one cares about you, at least not yet. Get used to it. You know those overnight success stories you've heard about? It's not the whole story. Dig deeper and you'll usually find people who have busted their asses for years to get into a position where things could take off. And then on the rare occasion that instant success does come along, it usually doesn't last. There's no foundation there to support it. Trade the dream of overnight success, whether that be selling your courses selling your products and services, selling your coaching, selling all of that other stuff, or whether trade the dream of the overnight success of building those powerful relationships with people in your industry or your niche. Listen to this. Trade the dream 
of overnight success for slow, measured growth. It's hard, but you have to be patient. You have to grind it out. You have to do it for a long time before the right people will notice. Danielle, thank you so much for asking that question. Thank you for being a member of the Next Level Mastermind as well. By the way, if you guys are interested, I currently, well, of course, you're going to hear this in the Cliff Ravenscraft show many, 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 many weeks later. I'm so many weeks ahead right now because I've just been so inspired with the content. But I currently have one spot available in the AM group of the Next Level Mastermind. One spot, actually, no, two spots. Is that right? Yes, two spots. One right now, one is getting ready to come out um, because he's been in the group for 14 months and he's investing in a new program. Um, So two spots coming up in the PM group of the Next Level Mastermind. By the way, $25,000 a year if you pay in full or $2,250 a month. If you're interested, email me, cliff at cliffravenscraft.com. Put next level mastermind in the subject line and tell me why you want to be a part of the next level mastermind. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to take every area of your life to the next level. Mindset and to mastermind.